Welcome to Free to Flourish Radio with me, Gemma Sands. This weekly podcast is designed to help you live a heart-led life. Tune in every Friday as we jam on living and leading with intention and topics such as natural living, conscious business, mindfulness, and spiritual growth. You can find more episodes over on gemmasands.co.uk and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode and this is a little bit of a different one which I'm quite excited about because today I'm doing a bit of a Q&A all about business, working from home, starting a business, growing a business because I get asked questions pretty much on a daily basis, a lot of the same questions and what I thought I would do was collate 10 of the most common questions I get asked and then answer them here on the podcast so that if you are interested in starting a business, if you are interested in growing a business, if you are interested in my journey or my story, you can listen along and hear what I have to share. So let's dive in. Okay, so the first question I get asked is probably the question I get asked the most, which is why did you decide to start your own business? And for me, it really came from... um, being in a place that was completely out of alignment of the things that I value and the things that I was wanting to create for my life. So I did the very traditional path um, in the beginning and I went to university, I got a degree and then I got a a job, a corporate job um, within the fashion, retail, marketing sort of area. Um, And I did pretty well at it. I climbed the ladder pretty quickly. You know, I was what you would term as fairly successful if you were from the outside looking in. But I was miserable. The environment was not a nice environment to be a part of. If you've ever watched The Devil Wears Prada, it was just like that in parts. Um, And it just all began to take its toll. I was working really long hours. There was an incredible amount of pressure. Um, The retail sector was struggling at the time anyway um so it was just really quite stressful I was commuting um across London working really long hours and I was just miserable nothing kind of flowed nothing felt right um and so I alongside this I'd always had a blog I'd had a blog pretty much from the point that I left. In fact, I started my blog at university, now that I think about it. Um, So I've been blogging for like a really long time. Um, But I had a blog and just kind of was building a bit of a community online, but I never considered anything sort of business or career around it. It was just a fun kind of hobby that I had. Um, And so I continued along in this corporate career path. And then the opportunity came to actually move to the Middle East and work there. Um, with a partner company that we dealt with. So I jumped at the chance I was going to move to Kuwait and I went through all the motions. You know, I um, gave up my apartment in London and I moved back in with my parents for a couple of weeks whilst I was waiting to fly out. I got my accommodation sorted at the other end. Um, I had my visas sorted. I'd had all the medicals for that, everything that I needed. Um, And literally one week to the day before I was due to fly, I just had this overwhelming sense of this is not the right thing. Um, And I had to unpack that a little bit to make sure it wasn't just fear talking because, you know, moving to the Middle East as a woman on her own was kind of scary. But it really wasn't. It really felt like my intuition was telling me that this was not the right move for me. And so I didn't go. Um, But I'd already given up my job. (laughs) I'd already given up my apartment. um, And I had to kind of do something 
Um, so I took on another job for a little while, um, very similar to what I was doing, but I was up in Yorkshire, which is where I'm originally from, um, and where I live now. And I kind of started with that, but I was miserable again. It wasn't right for me. It didn't feel aligned. Um, and alongside this, I, I'd been blogging, as I said, and kind of developing skills that I hadn't even really been aware of. So, um, you know, around web design, around social media, um, around building a community online, a following online, if you like. And so I started to consider what if I offered something out and, you know, offered some services alongside my blog. So I kind of pitched that um, to my audience at the time and they were like really excited about it. And so that's what I did. And I began by starting to design blogs for other people. And then that kind of grew into website design, which grew into marketing. And then I found that I basically had created a, a small marketing agency without really the intention to do that. And so um, at this point, I was actually made redundant from the job that I was working in. And it just felt like the right step to step fully into creating this new business. And that's really how I came to that point and how I got started. So it was never my intention in the first place to start a business. Um, it just kind of happened quite organically through the sort of different circumstances, you know, of my life up until that point. So that kind of leads me on nicely to the second question, which is how did I know what business to start? And I get asked this one a lot because I know there are a lot of people out there who want to start a business. They want to have a lifestyle business, but they don't know where to start with it. And they're worried about picking the wrong thing. Um, I didn't know what business to start. I didn't consider that at all. I just jumped into marketing because it kind of, as I said, grown organically. Um, as it turns out, I started the wrong business. Um, so one thing I would say is really get clear on your values, really get clear on the lifestyle that you want to have for yourself, really get clear on the types of people that you want to work with and the way in which you work best before you start a business. Um, I didn't do any of those things because it happened quite organically. And then what happened was I found myself in a position where um, it felt very similar to what my corporate career had felt like. So I still didn't have the freedom that I really craved. That's something I really value. Um, I didn't have that because I was really working to my client's agenda. I also found that when I wasn't working, I wasn't earning money. So I you know, was kind of working all hours to sort of keep on top of that a little bit. And that resulted in working with clients that I wouldn't really have wanted to work with. Um, and so I, I ended up working in the wrong way, really, for um, the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to have. And I was working with the wrong people. And I was also working in the wrong industry. Um, so I love marketing. Um, I love all of the experience that it gave me in being able to grow my business and now coach other people to grow theirs. But the design kind of side of it, the project kind of side of it, um, and that format of working was really not the right thing for me. So what I would say is if you're thinking about starting a business, but you're not sure quite what path to go down, really think about your values. Um, really think about what's most aligned to the way that you want your life to look and the way that you want to be able to live and the lifestyle that you want to have. And then explore different business models because it doesn't necessarily have to be um, that you start a business with a product or service that requires you to find clients. You can look at a business model like network marketing. Um, and that, of course, is 
where I'm at now alongside my coaching, I have an arm of my business that's a network marketing business model built around essential oils and this fantastic product that we have. So that's another opportunity. Um, And that's filled a lot of the gaps for me. That's given me more freedom than I've ever had in my business. It's also um, opened up more doors and pushed me and stretched me. And it is allowing me to have the lifestyle that I always wanted to have that I couldn't really create from trading hours for money. So the third question is, how did I get started as a life coach? I get asked this one a lot as well. There's a lot of people out there who are very interested in the kind of coaching career path, which is awesome. Um, And I love talking about this. So again, I never intended to be a life coach. It wasn't kind of a conscious decision. But whilst I was doing all of my marketing work and I had my marketing agency, I'd come to the conclusion that it didn't feel right and it wasn't what I was meant to do. So I actually hired a coach to work with and kind of helped me navigate this period that I was going through and work out what was aligned for me. And in the process of that, I fell in love with the process of coaching. Um, I could see how transformative it could be. And I just loved the the whole thing. You know, it was very different to, I'd had therapy years ago. Um, It was very different to that. It was very forward facing. It was all about creating, um, my vision and actually, you know, the actions to take to do that. And so I decided that actually that was something I really wanted to explore further. And I decided I was going to get certified as a coach. So I did that through the coaching academy, but there are lots and lots of places in which you can do that. You don't have to be certified to call yourself a coach, but I do recommend it. There are a lot of people out there now who say they're offering coaching and call themselves coaches and in actual fact that's not at all what's going on um they're selling you know a kind of cookie cutter program of if you do this then you're going to get this result and actually that's not at all how coaching works um coaching is very person specific it's very specific to your circumstance so that's just something that I would say um so if you're looking at life coaching then I definitely recommend getting some sort of training because it's really important to understand the dynamics of a coaching session. It's really important to learn and practice the skills of a good coach. So skills in, you know, questioning and listening, um, being able to really identify what's going on underneath the surface for your client um, and helping to draw that out of them so that they are able to make the positive changes in their lives that they want to. So highly recommend getting some sort of training if this is what you're interested in. Um, so I started my certification through the coaching academy. I started in the beginning to coach people for free to build up experience. And that was really how I got into it. That's how I got started. Um, I kind of started more with the business side of things, actually, because I was doing it in conjunction with the marketing. And then as I went through my own journey of sort of personal development and spiritual development, I began to kind of naturally start coaching in those areas as well. So now I kind of cover both life and business. um, And that's been a kind of really interesting journey for me. So the fourth question is, what's been the hardest part? This is, I had to really think about this whenever I get asked this, because there's been a few moments of this whole self-employment journey that have been really, really hard. Um, I would say one of the biggest was realizing that I had started the wrong business and I was terrified to change direction. I was terrified of what people would think. Um, but kind of on an ongoing basis, the hardest part really is the mindset. It's about not letting the doubt keep 
the self-doubt creep in. It's about not letting fear take hold. Um, it's about being able to pick yourself back up when things haven't gone how you wanted them to, when, you know, somebody um, says that actually they don't want to work with you, when um, things don't run so smoothly with clients, you know, whatever it is that can go a little bit pear-shaped with running your own business. Um, I would say that's the most challenging thing is to be able to pick yourself back up and be resilient and just get up and show up the next day and continue to, you know, move yourself forward and keep that momentum. I would say that's the most challenging thing, um, really. And it's just, it's been a learning curve. It's been a learning curve of um, personal growth for me. And more so since I actually started my doTERRA, you know, network marketing business, I've had to really dig deep and do a lot of personal development work to be able to keep that momentum with that business. So it's been really interesting. Um, but despite the challenges, I absolutely would not change anything for the world. Question five, what does a typical day look like? This is um, a question I get asked all the time. People are like really interested in specific daily routines. And I have to say my days do change a little bit. Um, in terms of personal circumstances, I have two stepchildren who are here with us for a week and then they go and stay with their mum for a week and it swaps. So we have a, a kid week and a non-kid week. So my um, work days look very different depending on which week we happen to be in. So typically I'll get up, I will um, maybe make breakfast, I'll make lunches. If the kids are here, I'll make their pet lunches. And then I take some time for myself. So I'll sit down and I'll do my daily practice, which at the moment consists of me... Um, sitting with a cup of green tea, doing a little bit of meditation, doing a little bit of visualization, and then doing a little bit of journaling. So the whole thing's about 15 minutes in total. It's not like some big, massive, um, long morning routine. That's basically it. Um, after that, then I get myself ready for the day. Um, one thing I learned very early on is that despite the fact it seemed really appealing to work from the sofa in my pajamas all day long. Um, I actually don't get very much done if I do that. So I make sure I get ready just like I would if I was leaving the house to go to work. Um, and then head into my office and head to my desk. I pop some essential oils into the diffuser. Um, and that's really when my day, my work day begins. So in terms of the actual work tasks I do, I always start out my day making sure I answer any emails or contact anybody or ring anybody that I need to um, jump on a call with, check, make sure I've got everything, you know, covered and planned out for the day and for the week. And then once all of that kind of communication aspect is done, um, that's when I really start on actually creating something. So that could be writing a blog post, it could be recording a podcast episode like this one, it could be designing an ebook um, for my essential oil customers to help them use their oils. Whatever it is, I usually try and sort of get that creative work done in the morning. Um, some days of the week, I have calls with my team members from my essential oils team. So I hop on the phone with them and we have a strategy session and we, you know, talk about their goals and their vision and how best to create that, which is awesome because it's kind of like coaching. Um, some days I hop on calls with coaching clients. So it really depends which day of the week it is. But mornings are either taken up with calls with my team or with clients or with creating. Um, and the reason for that is because that's when I've got the most energy in the day. 
Um, after lunch, I find I tend to lose my steam a little bit. So that's usually when I do things like creating content for Instagram and social media, um, things that I don't have to think about as much and I can be a little bit more playful with and have a little fun with in the afternoon. Um, that's usually when I kind of do exercise as well. I just find that is the best time of day for me to do that. Um, or I'll clean the house a little bit in an afternoon or I will, you know, get dinner preparations out of the way. And then I tend to sit down again and do any emails, any communication, anything else that I need to do sort of towards the end of the day. And that's really just a very brief overview. As I said, every day is a little bit different depending on what's going on, what I'm working on, whether I'm more focused on oils or I'm more focused on coaching. It will look a bit different whether the kids are here or not. But that's the kind of general overview. Um, And then one thing I learned, I wasn't very good at this in the beginning, but I really learned to do is actually have an end point to my day. So that's usually when Greg comes in from work, you know, my laptop gets shut, my office door gets shut, that's it, done. Um, And then that is family focused time. Doesn't always work out like that sometimes, particularly with my oils business, because I've got customers in America um, and Australia and all around the world. Sometimes I do have to work in evenings because that is like the time zone thing. Um, but most of the time I try to really have that boundary in the same way that, you know, when it's my work time, it's my work time. So I'm quite structured with that. Question six, how do you stay motivated and disciplined and get stuff done? Um, this has been quite a learning curve for me because in the beginning I was so excited about having all the freedom that it actually kind of held me back. I was like, no, I don't want to schedule my days and I don't want to plan things out. I just want to let things flow. And then I found that, you know, they would flow and flow and flow and I'd get nothing done. Um, So I am quite disciplined now around making sure I plan out my weeks. So every Sunday evening I sit down and I plan for the week ahead. I make sure my calendar is up to date. I think about um, the projects that I'm working on and I pick the three most important actions that need to be done and I make sure that time is scheduled in for that um and I'm quite (laughs) obsessive about scheduling my day to the point where you know I put things like lunch in my calendar I put things like walking the dogs into my calendar um and that might kind of sound like well you don't have a lot of freedom but the reality is if I am structured about all of those things then I do have a lot more freedom um than I ever did in my nine to five you know I get the stuff done that I need to get done And then I've got plenty of other time to focus on the other things that are really important to me. So that's one thing I do. Um, In terms of motivation, my daily practice, my morning practice, absolutely, is probably one of the biggest tools that I use for that. Um, Starting my day with that every day and visualizing and focusing on what it is that I'm trying to create makes a huge difference to my mindset and my motivation levels. Um, also kind of checking in with my goals as well rather than just setting them at the beginning of the year and then forgetting about them I really check in with them Um, and actually last week's podcast is a good one to watch on this which is um, my five tips for creating momentum in your life and business so that's a good one to listen to if you really want to know a little bit more about this Um, but I absolutely check in with my goals pretty much on a daily basis and I use essential oils as well They're incredible for helping with motivation. There's a number of blends um, and oils that I diffuse and I use and I, you know, pause and have a little sniff of them. And that really helps me as well. 
So another question kind of in relation to that is how do you get past the fear? And normally the way in which I get asked this is by somebody who's thinking about starting a business, but they're finding the whole thing really scary. Um, and they don't know how to get past the fear of leaving sort of security behind in a way. They don't know how to get past the fear of what other people might think. They don't know how to get past the fear of the fact it might not work and it might not fail. Uh, it might fail even. And for me, I never fully get past the fear as such. It's always there. It's not like I don't have any fear. But I've just learned that the alternatives, as I said earlier, are so much worse that that kind of pushes me through the fear. Um, So, you know, I have days where I think, oh, I've got to send an email that I really don't want to send or I've got to pick up the phone and ask somebody something that, you know, I'm worried they're going to say no. Or I've got to hop on to Instagram and do a live and I'm worried about what people will think. You know, I have days like that. I have lots of days like that. But really what happens is I think about why I'm doing all of this. I think about what it is that I want to create and I think about what the alternative is. Um, And the thought of having to go back to that nine to five job and not making this a success means that I get on and I push through the fear and I do the actions I need to do so that I do make this a success. Um, so if you're in that place of thinking about starting a business and you can't get past the fear, just think about what it would be like in five, 10, even one year from now to still be where you are now. Okay. Um, that really is the biggest thing for me. Um, and then the other thing is just being consistent as well helps to push through the fear. So it's showing up every day. It's doing the things that I need to do every day. It's, you know, whatever that might be, um, if I continue to just do that, then I'm kind of just continuing to push through the fear. So it never really goes away. But for me, it just has always been about, well, what would the alternative be? And that's always kind of motivated me. I think um, Brendan Bouchard, who I mentioned in last week's podcast, um, I've been reading his book, and he talks a lot about he's got a, um, I think he calls it mortality motivation, Because his greatest fear is that he's going to die before he gets to do all of the things that he wants to do in life. So that just spurs him on and pushes him through any fear. Um, Because for him, that's literally the worst case scenario, right? He's got a lot of work and a lot of things that he wants to do. And I think it's like, find that thing for yourself. Think about if I don't step out and start this business, what's my life going to be like? How is it going to change? How is it not going to change? What am I going to lose out on if I don't try this? Um, and just let that propel you through all of the fear and all of the doubt. Question number eight, how do you find clients for your coaching business? Um, I get asked this all the time because I think this is the biggest fear for a lot of people thinking about starting. You know, how am I going to find people who are actually going to pay me? Um, My answer to this is (laughs) for a long time, I didn't find clients. Um, I didn't really have a business. I didn't really have an income coming in. I was very, very lucky um, to have, an, you know, Greg, who is just the most incredible support. But for a long time, I didn't have clients. And it's because I wasn't really actively trying to find them. I was just hoping that they were going to come through the door one day and be like, hey, I'll pay you. Um, so in terms of finding clients, first of all, you need to be super clear on who you want to work with, who you want to serve, be super clear on what they struggle with and how you provide the solution to that. And then it's just about building connections with people. It really is. It's 
it's not about sort of going out and hunting down clients. It's just building connection with people, sharing what it is that you do with them, um, talking about, you know, if, you, if you're a coach, talking about how coaching helps people, how it solves their problems, how it, you know, provides solutions, and just keep on connecting. That's really basically all I can say. You know, yeah, you can be out there and you can write blog posts and you can be on social media and you can do all of this great stuff and that's brilliant. But it really, for me, is living your life, walking your talk, um, and then just inviting other people along on that journey with you. Because the more that you step into it, the more people are going to go, I want a piece of that. Okay, whatever she's doing, that's working for her. How can she help me get that too? So I kind of find it like that. I've tried pretty much every single strategy that's out there. I've watched every webinar about how to find that first coaching client. Um, and none of it ever worked, to be honest. What did work for me was coaching people for free and then letting them sort of do the talking for me, word of mouth. Um, what also worked for me was just really showing up on social media as myself, talking about my life, talking about the lessons that I've learned, talking about what's going on and how I'm reaching my goals and what I'm working towards. Um, and that tended to attract people who also wanted, you know, that same kind of lifestyle, that same kind of um, vision for themselves. Um, and that's really how I did it. Question number nine, how do you deal with competition and the fact that everyone else seems to be doing what you're doing? This can be quite a scary thing because if, you know, the internet is amazing. It's opened up so many doors. I'm so grateful for the technology that, you know, assists me in doing all of the things that I need to do for my business. We are in this incredible time where never before have we had such opportunity to start a business so easily and find all the resources and all the support that we need. But alongside that comes this big piece of you then have access to what everyone else is doing. And it can seem these days like everyone is a coach or everyone is selling something online, everyone's creating ebooks or e-courses or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and the reality is that's not the case at all. That's just because we have aligned ourselves with the people who are doing that. So I went through this really badly when I started to coach and I felt like everyone else was coaching and everyone else had these incredible, you know, businesses, six-figure months, not even years, months and you know, they were doing all this amazing stuff and they had all these clients coming through the door. And I very quickly realized that it's not always like that. Um, what you see on social media isn't always the actual case. Um, and I also went through this very much when I started my essential oils business, because I had followed lots of people who were doing it as a business and then suddenly started to feel like, well, hang on, if all these people are doing it already, is there room for me? Um, and the truth is there absolutely is. There are so many people out in the world. There are more people out in the world who need help, whether that's in the form of coaching, it's in the form of essential oils, whatever it is. There are so many people in the world that need help um, than those who are already getting that support. So there is an infinite abundance of people just out there waiting for you to come and help them and share your message and share how you can serve them. So one thing that I would say with competition is choose who you follow on social media really carefully. 
um, I actually called a lot of people that I was following on Instagram. Um, and so in terms of my essential oils business, I don't follow anybody that is not on my team or does not already have the business that I want to model. Okay, so I don't coach people who, I, I don't follow people who are on a similar part of the path as I am. Um, I don't follow people who are just getting started. I And it sounds a bit weird, but I only follow people on my team because I really want to see what they're doing and be able to support them. Um, and I follow people who are already at the level that I want to be at. Okay, same with coaching. I don't follow a whole bunch of people who are creating coaching programs and putting themselves out there as a coach. I only follow the people who I learn from and I'm inspired by and who have the type of coaching business that I aspire to have, that I am working towards. So when I show up and I look on social media, it has a very different vibe to it now because I don't think, oh, look, there's another person doing this. I just get inspired by the people that I'm following who have already done it and who are where I want to be. Um, the other thing I would say is don't be scrolling. Um, you know, I go on social media very intentionally now. Um, I don't go on there all the time. I go on there to create and to share and then I get off very quickly. Um, and then I spend limited amounts of time looking at what other people are doing so that I can, you know, comment and support and build relationships, but I'm not on there. I don't have Facebook open all the time. I'm not constantly scrolling. I don't have notifications on my phone all the time. Um, so just be very conscious of that. That's one thing that I will say. And the other thing is stop looking at what everyone else is doing and really get focused on what you have to offer. Because the more that you know yourself and the more confidence you build in yourself, the less it matters what everyone else is doing. Okay. There is room enough for everybody. As I said, there are so many people out there that need support that don't have access to it yet. Um, there are so many people that need your specific voice on whatever it is that you are bringing out into the world. Um, So focus on that. Really dig deep. Do the personal development work. Um, Learn and grow and expand. And don't look at what everyone else is doing. And the last thing to cover is what one piece of advice would I most give to anybody thinking of starting their own business? And my answer to that would be don't overthink it. Just start now. Start before you're ready. Start with what you have. Start from where you're at and know that that's perfect. Um, And just do it. Just bloody do it. Just, you know, put your foot out there. Think about what it is that you want to do. Offer it out to your community. Build your community if you don't yet have a community. Um, You know, pop something up on your social media about, hey, I'm starting this new thing who would be interested and just go from there, go from there. Don't get hung up on, oh, I need to write all the blog posts and I need to create all the content and I need to have a beautiful brand and a shiny website and the photo shoot and all of that stuff that can come later. Just start with where you're at, pick up the phone, ring somebody and say, Hey, this is the new thing I'm doing. You know, can we have a chat about it? That's really what I would say. Um, work out, whatever action needs to be taken for you and your specific circumstance, you know, it could be that you need to work with a coach to figure out which business you want to start. It could be that you need to go and get yourself certified in something, you know, get on some coaching training or whatever it is, um, top up your skill level. That might be the first step for you. Um, it could just be that you do pick up the phone and you ring somebody that you really want to work with and you offer, you know, them a free 
session or whatever it is. Figure that out for yourself and then just do it because nothing is going to change until you do something about it. You're never going to create that vision that you have and you can sit and look at everyone else on Instagram who's moving forward and doing it. Um, but it's not going to happen for you until you actually put yourself out there and make it happen. So that's the end of today's episode. A bit of a longer one. I've covered quite a few things within those 10 questions, but please, please, please do reach out if you have any other questions. Um, if you'd like me to do another sort of episode like this with further questions, if you want to chat more about becoming a coach, just reach out because I love to talk about it. Um, with people. If you want coaching, just reach out. We can have a chat about how that works. Um, if you want more information on network marketing and that business model, because I haven't talked about it so much today, um, just reach out. And that's something that I can talk about as well, because I'm super passionate about that. And I actually think that's the future of business, really. Um, yeah. And that's the end of this episode. So have a beautiful week. I'll be back next week um, with more of a traditional style episode, less of a Q&A one. But thank you for listening. As always, please share, subscribe, leave a review in iTunes because that makes such a big, big difference. And I will love you forever. Have a beautiful week and I will speak to you again in a week's time. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of Free to Flourish Radio. For full show notes, just head to gemmasands.co.uk. You can also find me on Instagram as Gemma L. Sands. Please subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss an episode. Share with your friends, leave a comment, show some love. It really does mean the world. <laughs>